Hello from the studio in Nitro, West Virginia. This is Unreasonable Down. It's a podcast about West Virginia University basketball. I'm Josh Witt. This was the 16th game for WVU this season. It was against the Texas Longhorns, and wins feel nice. Wins feel really nice, way better than losses. Wouldn't you agree? West Virginia's first win of the calendar year, West Virginia's first Big 12 win, West Virginia's first win this season over a ranked team. This win puts West Virginia tied for seventh in the Big 12 standing. So this is a top half Big 12 team. <laughs> I'm fudging the numbers there. It, it, that's true. They're tied for seventh. There are seven teams tied for seventh at one and two. Oklahoma State gets the crown for 0 and 3 last place right now. So take a picture. West Virginia not in last place in the conference, and you just got to appreciate wins. When they come, however they come, maybe West Virginia in the future will be in a situation where you can have wins, like just be swimming in wins, and maybe not appreciate them as much as you should. This season is not that. It's West Virginia's sixth win of the season. And I didn't think they were going to get it. Said into this microphone, West Virginia was not going to win this game after a deeply dark, depressing loss for me watching it against Kansas State. Happy to be wrong on that. West Virginia beats the Texas Longhorns in Morgantown, 76-73. to Coliseum sounded great, sounded way better. It's a Saturday. It's an evening game, but sounded way better than than the Kansas State game during the week where still heard some individual voices not as crazy as the Kansas State game. And I was wrong about saying West Virginia was not going to win this. It had the makings of a loss. Right, second straight game, West Virginia's up two at the half. Second straight game, West Virginia gives up the lead early in the second half. Did the offense look great? I wouldn't describe it as great. They had 16 turnovers, a bunch of those in the first half. Missed 14 free throws. Like if you're, let's say you're a pessimistic person watching a 5-10 and 10 WVU team and you're watching how that game's going, you do have your how-do-they-lose-this-one-bingo card out and had plenty of marks on the bingo card, as described. And yet, they won this game. So how did they do it? Well, you know, first of all, defensively, that looked better. And Eiler talked about some tweaks to what they were doing, made references to sagging, not not hedging those screens and being out on the island and playing four on three. Didn't see a lot of that tonight. I don't know how many times Texas put West Virginia in that position. Regardless, didn't look bad. It, It definitely looked the best. Whatever tweaks they did against this Texas team, it's the best the defense has looked in quite a while. And 
that's <laughs> that's a performance where West Virginia gave up 70 plus, which is better than 80 plus. But it's not like they were world beaters on defense, but they had 22 turnovers, Texas did. Uh, that's a big difference. And a lot of those were around the paint when Texas was driving post-ups. Seth Wilson, two steals in his limited time playing. Seth Wilson, seven Mountaineers had a steal, including starter Kobe Johnson. Shout out to Coach Eilert. When you're 5-10, and 10, it's more maddening if you don't try to switch things up. It's Things are obviously not going your way. Made a change in the last game, adding Pat Sumnick and Josiah Harris to the starting lineup. Kept those guys in the starting lineup this time. Took Noah to the bench. Started Kobe. Just not content with beating your head against the wall. So shout out to Eilert for making changes. I thought Kobe Johnson, starter Kobe Johnson, was a big reason West Virginia won this game. And definitely you can see a difference defensively with Kobe Johnson's minutes. West Virginia's rebounding effort, way better. They were minus 25 rebounding in their first Big 12 games, in their first two Big 12 games. West Virginia won the rebounding battle tonight, plus one. And shout out to Noah Farrakhan. He's the smallest guy on the floor for WVU. He's 6'1", 170. But he can get off the ground. And that, plus a willingness to get to the boards, he led the Mountaineers. 6-1 Noah Farrakhan, struggling on offense. His contribution tonight, getting bored. Seven rebounds for Noah. And that was a big deal. I mean, it. Do is it great to have your 6-1 guard, your 6-1, 170 guard leading your team in rebounds? Probably not, but it's a testament to, like, just go get it. That it, a lot of rebounding, a lot of rebounding is strength, and a lot of rebounding is positioning, but also a lot of it is effort. And I just thought West Virginia made a team effort to get rebounds. Noah's the great example, and that helped get West Virginia the win. So defense was better, rebounding was better. And then the offense, you know, they broke 70, which feels like a rare bird this season. But they did it by being aggressive and trying to get to the basket and getting rewarded with foul calls. You know, some of that was a favorable whistle. I mean, look at the look at the box score and see how many fouls West Virginia had and how many Texas had. But it's a testament to West Virginia making a conscious effort. We're not settling for jump shots. We're trying to get to the basket. They shot 41 free throws. Dylan DeSue fouled out. Dr. Cunningham, Brock Cunningham, he fouled out. West Virginia got to the bonus in the second half with plenty of time left. If you're struggling to score points, getting 41 attempts at the free throw line helps the cause drastically (laughs) and so again some of that's a whistle and some of that West Virginia forcing the referee's hand and and just time after time getting to the basket which is great 
And let's talk about the four guys, four guys in double figures, another rare bird for West Virginia. And let's talk about the four guys. Slazinski had 13, definitely his best game in conference play. A lot of that was from the free throw line, but he did make two threes, which doesn't sound like a lot. But in his last five games, Quinn was three for 22 from three. So to go two for three in a game, vastly different. And Quinn was in the game for most of the end of the second half, which also feels rare because it seems like Quinn, especially early on the season, out like a firecracker, and then you don't hear from him late. So he finished this game. Really important, helping break the press at the end, making foul shots. Best game for Quinn in quite a while. Raekwon had 14, so not dominating, but his first game with two assists as a Mountaineer this season, which is great to see. Raekwon has got to figure out how to not get two fouls early. I would argue you want Raekwon Battle playing more than what he did tonight. And you can't do that if you've got two fouls early. And it feels like, it feels like, Every game that Raekwon Battle has played for the Mountaineers, he's dealt with foul trouble. And so how do we not have that happen? (laughs) Got to figure that one out. But appreciating the win and appreciating Raekwon. He was efficient in the shots he took, but he didn't take a lot because he didn't play a lot. Because he, especially in the first half, because he sat with two fouls. Kerr Creesa, four threes, four for eight from three. 14 points, four rebounds. Again, Kerr Creasa, not known for rebounding. Those All of those rebounds helped. Played the most minutes for the Mountaineers. Better defense out of Kerr Creasa. No, nothing in the game could I point to and say, man, what is he doing? Which is great because I've had plenty of that. So Kerr with a solid night. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But the guy of the night, and everybody knows that this is the go-to guy for the Mountaineers, Pat Sumnick. What a game. I mean, again, in being wrong into a microphone, saying (laughs) saying, uh, before the Ohio State game, who do I want? The Radford game. Who do I want with the ball in their hands late in the game, not Pat Sumnick? Since then... We've got Pat Sumnick starting games, and he had a career night tonight. 16 points, six rebounds. We'll get to more of his actual production. But Pat Sumnick, especially since the team has been struggling here in 2024, he how he carries himself on the court is a not this game, but prior to this, night and day difference compared to other guys on the court. And that stands out, and Eilert has rewarded that. And dude is 
getting confidence. And you can see it. I mean, 16 points. Baseline drive on Dassu, who's who's taller than him, got past him, reverse dunk, poster dunk, in a in the in the best looking drive of the night. And then a couple of plays later on another longhorn, spin move, baseline drive, reverse dunk. So two of those. In the second half, he had a putback dunk. So in the first half, I can't believe what I'm watching. This roster and Pat Sumnick, everybody's looking at him and say, hey, man, shot clock's running down. We're giving it to you. You make a play. And he did that more than once. Dribble, 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 getting it into the paint. Contested shots going in. I mean, let's be clear what happened versus Texas for West Virginia's first Big 12 win. Pat Sumnick led in scoring. Noah Farrakhan led in rebounding. Kobe Johnson led the team in assists. And Seth Wilson led the team in steals. All four of those things happened on one night. And West Virginia was able to win by three. (laughs) I mean, since the guards came back, since Kerr and Noah and Raekwon have been part of the team and been able to get on the court, having one of those four things happen in a game is a long shot. So to have all four of those happen on the same night, that that seems like a one-off. <laughs> like we're not going to have that recipe again. And yet Max Asmus is out there unconscious and a lot of pacing in the second half. I mean, hand in the face, not hand in the face. That guy had 32, seven threes. But West Virginia gets this win. And whatever you got to do, if you've got to have that recipe to win, whatever. West Virginia started 0-5 in the Big 12 last season, and this team is not going to do that. Unreasonable Doubt is under the Smoking Musket umbrella. There's another podcast under the Smoking Musket umbrella. West by Pod, WVU football-focused. Joel, Jordan, Breaking down the pigskin, the gridiron. They bring Jake Lance on to do the season in review. All the highlights of the nine-win Mayo Bowl, West Virginia University Mountaineer football team. Check that out wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to smokingmusket.com. Read the stuff. Go to the Discord talk with WVU fans about WVU sports and other things. Do all the stuff. Smokingmusket.com Savor every win. And West Virginia needs to savor this win. And then I guess you have to move on. But West Virginia 1-2 and in the conference. 
And their next four games, three of those are going to be on the road. The home game is against the Kansas Jayhawks. (laughs) So savor this win. And regardless of who you're playing, three or four on the road, just ask Texas. This was their second game on the road. They lose that one. And West Virginia, road game, home game against Kansas, and two road games. So this is a this will be an interesting stretch. Let's see how West Virginia fares on the road. The next game for WVU, this road game, Wednesday, 8 p.m., Norman, Oklahoma, ESPN+. Plus. West Virginia plays the Oklahoma Sooners. Now, Oklahoma tied for West Virginia in the Big 12 standings at one and two. (laughs) They've played three Big 12 games. The last two have been on the road, both of those losses to TCU and Kansas, respectively. Oklahoma was winning that game in Norman or in Lawrence, Kansas, and then the second half happened. Oklahoma's playing. Five transfer portal guys, including a familiar name from a little uh, school up north. So John Hughley, he's a big, tall dude, and he's playing for Oklahoma now. And Moser, the head coach at Oklahoma, after two mid-seasons, is that how the kids say it? This team is going to be ranked. I believe they'll be in top 15. They are getting better and it's a there's no twins on this team. And coach Moser's calling card, guess what? Defense. Oklahoma's held their opponents to 27% shooting from 3. That's elite defense and they're all around good at defense, but the three-point defense has been stellar. This is a really good rebounding team. Lots of length, even at the guard position. Hughley is 6'10". They got a couple other 6'10 guys roaming around. Oklahoma beat Monmouth this season, which is different than what West Virginia's result was. And West Virginia, for whatever reason, has a very difficult time winning in Norman, Oklahoma. The last time West Virginia beat Oklahoma was when Lamont West made five threes there in 2018. And despite Trey Young going off, Javon Carter and them boys went to Norman and won. That's the last time. So, bit of a drought. And, you know, Coach Eilert, how do you, how do you duplicate the environment at the Noble Center in Oklahoma. I mean, you know, I'm sure he's going to try to do that by playing some white noise during practice. (laughs) Oklahoma, for a long time, has been good at basketball. Lon Kruger, long successful run, took Oklahoma to the Final Four, and yet you watch Oklahoma play in Norman, And it's, they do not care. Not a new take on this podcast. It's just, I keep talking about it every year because it's so strange. If West Virginia had Oklahoma's results, 
or even like tonight, 11,000 plus in the Coliseum for a five and 10 team. And the crowd made a difference in this game and you could hear them. Oklahoma in really good seasons. It's, <laughs> they, they don't care. I mean, I mean, the flip side, they've, they've turned this into a positive. The Noble Center, if you if you have the call map, do a search for Noble Center. It is one of the top sounds on the call map uh, to play at night, for sleeping, for just, you know, it's the call map. The name is in the title of the app. Um, and so maybe they get some NIL money. I don't know how that works from that. It's just bizarre. And yet West Virginia has a hard time coming back from Norman with wins. And I said West Virginia was going to lose to Texas, and I was wrong. Let me state on this microphone this time. West Virginia is going to go to Oklahoma, who's lost two in a row and are coming back home to the quiet confines of the Noble Center. And Oklahoma is going to win this game. They're going to be double-digit favorite, and I think they're going to take care of business. And West Virginia is not going to win, and and that's and that's okay because they they don't get wins in Norman. It's just how it works, and I'm not going to be wrong this time. That's it for this episode of Unreasonable Doubt. Listen on all the platforms or just pick one. Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, Overcast Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts? YouTube? Until next time, I'm Josh with WVU for the 2023-2024 season. They have six wins and they have ten losses. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.